Welcome. <laughs> Can you go do it? I want to know if it's echoing. Welcome. Yep. Oh, we are echoing. Alright, let's try now. I think it's good now. Well, give it a sec. I think it's good now. That is good now. Alright. We'll give every, I'm glad no one was on for that. <laughs> <laughs> little brief Welcome everyone. If you're watching our replay video, please share our live broadcast. We're going to be talking about something that a lot of people don't like, don't want to talk about, but something that will help you fulfill your vision, mm -hmm. fulfill what God has called you to do. So, yeah. Yeah. So welcome. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Hi, Mom. I saw her like it, your mom. Yeah, me too. But yeah, if you're joining us. Hi. Pull up the first scripture. I got to there. Oh, you got it? Oh, Proverbs 13, 4. Yeah, all right. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about diligence, which is not always something... Fun that, to talk about. Yeah, it really isn't, because, you know, diligence means work... And diligence means you actually have to apply yourself. You have to do more than everyone else around you. And it's not something that the human nature necessarily wants to do on its own. You almost have to force it. But when we have diligence, it changes our lives mm -hmm. to be better, to do more, and to see better things happen in our lives and you know just like jenny starting a business that's it takes diligence to do your own thing i don't know if she's still on now but people use diligence when it comes to certain things it takes diligence to start your own business to work your own company yeah and we're going to talk a little bit about what the bible says about diligence and how to have diligence in your life and what it will do for you according to the word of god yeah and i think we've been talking a lot about um, what God is speaking to you, what he, you feel like he wants you to fulfill with your life, what is your vision, what is your goals, but you can't complete these goals. You can never obtain these goals or obtain the end goal if you don't have diligence, if you don't work to, um, to obtain it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people can dream and yeah, you can go ahead and read that first scripture. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 6, I'm going to start at verse... 13.4. Proverbs... Oh, okay, 13, you did four. that one first. Yeah. Okay, my favorite is Proverbs 6. I like that one, too. Okay. I like the word sluggard, so... <laughs> but if you're joining us, we're turning to Proverbs 13.4. Proverbs 13.4. And it says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing... While the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So even in that, looking at that, the soul of the sluggard craves but gets nothing. What does that mean? If we crave something, we may desire something nice in our lives. But it says the soul of the sluggard, the person who is lazy, the person who doesn't work to get what they want, never obtains what they want. 
Mm-hmm. But then it goes on to say, it says, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. When you have diligence, you are able to see more in your life. It's like, for example, if we have a vision to do something, let's say I have a vision, and I'm just using this as an example. I'm not doing it. But let's say I have a vision to start a lawn care company or a cleaning company in the Fairmont Morgantown area. And, and honestly, with as many homes that are around here, you can bust out big and make probably $150,000 or $200,000 a year if you really wanted to. But let's say I had a vision to do that. But I don't like weed eating. My goal is to sit on the mower and hire other people to weed eat. And I'm never willing to go and actually work for that. Will it work out? Will it, everything come to be? Or will people just get mad? I knew someone who did that. I worked for someone who did that. And no one ever stuck with this guy for over a month because he was a very hard person to work for. I, I, I'm a very hard worker. I'm, I don't slack off. I work very hard. But again, I wasn't going to stay in that kind of environment for very long because of the kind of situation it was. And even for me, who is willing to stick something out more so than a lot of other people, I, I understood that the only people that really worked for him were people that weren't of good character, that weren't that didn't want to go out and actually commit to a, a regular job, whereas I was different. I was like, okay, I can go f- work for anyone else and make more money anywhere because he paid under minimum wage. And I was like, okay, I can go anywhere and make more money than working for this person. But all he did is he paid people to weed eat while he mowed and had a very small vision. Great guy. I mean, he, he did a very good job in the area he was at, but he struggled every year to make ends meet because of the, his setup, because he never was wanting to do the work himself. He hired people, expected them to work 12-hour days weed eating, but never did it himself. He expected certain things, but wasn't willing to ever do them himself for his own company. So it never really took off or he had a hard time making ends meet and barely cut it. When it barely cut in Nebraska, man, it's kind of funny. But he, he barely made ends meet every year because of the way he ran things. But again, you, you have to think, being diligent, how can I do something and make it prosper and make it the best? If I start a lawn care company, I can't be the person that says, well, I don't like to weed eat. I don't like to do this. I'm going to be the person that is willing to do more than everyone else that I hire. And I'm going to, when I hire people, I expect them to have a hard work ethic, but I'm also going to pay them well. And, and you have to realize diligence is uh, something you have to have in every area. It's not just hard work. It's not just working hard. It's actually utilizing your mind. It's utilizing the tools that God gave you. It's more than just hard work. There's a lot of people that work hard but never make it anywhere in life. But again, diligence is when you take the mind God gave you and begin to think, what can I do to prosper and how can I make something work? Mm-hmm. I don't want to work for someone else my entire life. I'm a hard worker, but that doesn't mean I have diligence. Diligence is coming up with ideas, being a problem solver, and being willing to go above and beyond everyone else around you. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. Let me read this scripture one more time before we move on. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Just let that sink in for a few minutes. You're richly supplied when you have diligence. You can have anything you want if you have diligence. It'll create things in your life. The opposite. 
sluggard, someone who's lazy, someone who doesn't want to work, someone who doesn't want to go above and beyond. They crave, they want nice things, but they get nothing. And I've met a lot of people like that. I've met a lot of people that want nice things. Mm-hmm. You can see it. I Especially, I'm going to hit on this for a minute. This millennial generation is a prime example uh, of that. I have friends and I have people that I know who want nice things but never want to do anything to ever get those nice things. They talk about having something nice. They want to live like they're already millionaires working $12 hour jobs struggling to even make ends meet. And they want to look apart. They want to have a nice car. They want to have all these things they crave, but they get nothing because of the way they operate their life. They don't listen to authority. They don't respect people. They don't work hard. They do what they want to do. If they don't like something, they back out. That's also not diligence. You have to be focused and you have to push through something. You can't just give up in the middle because it's hard. But you have this generation who doesn't know the meaning of the word diligence, but then they expect everything. So, And here the Bible says the opposite. You can't expect everything in your life if you're not willing to be diligent. But if you are diligent, you can expect the best in your life and you can have the best in your life. Let's go ahead and move on to the next scripture. And diligence. I looked up the the meaning of what it, it meant. And it says steady, earnest, energetic effort. So you're being steady. You're being consistent. You're having... You're putting energy toward that goal that you want. And... I don't know. I think it's really funny with that scripture, the one in Proverbs 13, where it talks about uh, someone craves, like a, a, what you call it, a sluggard craves but obtain nothing. And a lot of people, we can crave food. We can crave like different things. Like we can crave things and we will go out and go get it because that's what we want. But then when it comes to like hard work stuff, things that will take hard work and and diligence we don't go after those things but if i crave chocolate now i will probably go to the store and get me some because Mm -hmm. it's easy to obtain and that's what a lot of people do we go the easier route we go with the things that might be easier to obtain but we have to stay on course and we have to stay on the path that that god wants us to stay on because he promised us something but we have to be the people that go after it yeah, I just yeah. wanted to make a point on that. All right. Proverbs 6? All right. Yeah, starting at 6. Proverbs 6, starting at verse 6. And this is one of my favorites right here since I've been about probably 12. Because mom made me read it a lot when I sat around the house. Mm-hmm. So, go to the ant, O oh you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler. Ah, I preached on this one service. This was good. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. And how long will you lie there, O sluggard? Well, when will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Oh, that's good. I'm going to read that one more time. You should break it down because it's like a really good speech. Yeah, this is, this is good. And, and the thing that really caught my attention, go to, check out this. This is the exact meaning of diligence. I want you to understand this. Go to the ant, O your sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Verse 7. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. 
without yeah. having any chief or ruler. No one is over the ant. No one is over her. Get this. This is somebody who doesn't need a, a manager, a boss, or someone to get them to do what they need to done. You are naturally going to do it. That is exactly what diligence is. Mm-hmm. You don't need a fire under your butt to continue to do something. You naturally do it because you know if I'm going to go anywhere in life, I need to do this to see that done. It's exactly what diligence is. You can't – I mean, again, you see it. When you're an employee, you are fulfilling a dream of another man's company who had the diligence to do it on his own. Someone who had the diligence to start something and, I mean, it's great. I I worked for Cintas and I remember seeing that. And one man's vision turned into a huge company. But again, when I was an employee, I was living another man's dream. Yeah. I was making his dream a reality. The guy who thought, I'm going to start a clothes company back in 1955, I'm thinking, okay, I'm working for another man's dream when I can very well start my own. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is have the diligence. I don't need someone to be over me, and I realize that. I'm the kind of person I don't need someone to be over me. All I just got to do is think and, and go after it, and it's going to happen. It's like with the job I have now, and I'll go ahead and talk about that. I really, I mean, we have a a manager, but again, as for day-to-day stuff, I don't have someone that technically is over me. It's usually on everyone else to get their own work done. And and I've been very good about that. I've always found stuff to do. I've always come up with different solutions, and and they know that, and I have a reputation for doing that, and people understand that Zane has ideas. He'll get something done, and he's not afraid to, like, do it, and if I'm not there supervising him, it's going to get done either way. People know that about me. When people tell me to do something, they can, like, again, I remember starting with my company. My boss said, hey, would you care to do this anytime you get the chance? You can just do it within the next three days because other people did that. It would, when the boss would tell them to do something, it would linger on. Well, whenever I had that order, I was like, okay, I'm not transporting. I'm not on the road. I'm not with a client. I'm, I'm here. At my office, the paperwork can wait. I'll go up and grab that for you. And I'm gone, and I'll be back in five minutes. They're like, well, that was fast. Yeah, you asked me to do it. That's called diligence. That's it. But again, I might be working for someone else. Now apply that into your own life and be willing to do that for yourself rather than for someone else. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. I may have someone directly over me in that position, but now take that, apply it to your own life, and say, okay, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to be diligent in my own life. I know I need to do this. Let me get this done to see my own life prosper. It's called diligence. Without any chief officer or ruler, the ant will get food during the harvest. And get this, verse 10. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. When you're least expecting it, when you sit down to take a break, I'm for breaks. If you want to take a break, take a break. But what it's talking about here is is a delayed thing. Okay, I'm going to just take it easy for a little bit. I've been pushing for a very long time. I'm I'm just taking a day off. And you pull out of a routine that you were in. You pull out of um, the schedule that you were in to just have a lazy day. That's when it gets dangerous because then if that becomes a, a... continual thing this is what happens what will come upon you like an like an armed man you you don't want that to be your life story where you decided to take a sabbatical you decided to take a day off and and you see that and you see that with a lot of pastors 
honestly. Where they go, they take a break, they take a sabbatical, they come back and, and they don't have it. They, they don't have the ability to continue to carry the church. It's because they got comfortable in a routine of laziness. They got comfortable. And you see that with uh, business owners as well. People get comfortable when they take pull out of something. They take a break. They don't usually come back to it full scale, even though they may be expecting it, even though they may need a break. But if they pull out of it for too long and they get, get comfortable with where they're at, that's when this stuff comes upon you. You have to be diligent. You have to stay focused in every area of your life. And don't allow just, oh, I don't I don't need to do this today. This can be done tomorrow. This all oh, this can wait. I'm I'm not be focused. Be driven. And this is stuff that we have to do in our own lives as well if we want to prosper. So I'm not telling you something that I'm not going to be willing to do myself. Be focused in the area God is calling you to be in. Be direct. Be driven to do that goal. And don't allow the just the laziness of, of human nature because it happens. It's, for, it's not just one person. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. It's all of us who can just allow laziness to slip in and be like, That's okay. like human nature, though. Yeah. Like human nature don't – like human – don't want to work. Like, exactly. I mean, have you seen like the ratings of the how much TV the average American watches? Mm-mm. It would surprise you. It's eight hours a day. Yeah, that's between like a work day. Si- between six and eight hours a day. They work for eight hours, they're home, TV's on for eight hours, they sleep for eight hours. That's people's life. And that's what's so crazy is America is one of the best countries in the world because get and this is something I figured out. When I was like 15, because the average work day is 15 or 8 hours. Then you have the human body needs 8 hours to sleep. And then you have another 8 hours you can spend doing your own thing mm-hmm. in a day. So if your day is broken up into three quarters, 8 is for sleep, 8 is for working for someone else. What are you doing with the other 8? What are you going to do with that other 8 hours that defines who you are? That defines who you're, what you're going to become? Yeah. You have to take the time to, to show diligence in an area that you want to be at. Yeah, if you want to fulfill your own vision, yeah. you need to take time to um, work on your own goals. And I like what Terry Savelle Foy, she says that you can either live your own dreams or you will be the one that's watching people live your own, live their dreams. And mm-hmm. you'll go to concerts, you'll go to... you'll pay for things that people are doing and they're living their dream but you're just working a minimum wage job and you're supporting their dream but you can be on the other end of the spectrum and you can be the one that is living your dream but and people are paying you for what you're you created but it will take hard work and diligence yeah. to, to it, fulfill it takes that. focus it takes yeah. it takes time it takes your own perseverance any man of god if you look throughout the bible and, and it never clearly states that David showed diligence in, in conquering the Philistine army. It's not going to say that. But you can look throughout the Bible and see that these great men of God had to have diligence. Joseph had diligence. He rose to the top in everything he did. Three times he rose to the top. When he worked for Potiphar, he rose to the top. And it said that Potiphar was concerned with nothing besides the food he ate in, when he came home. Get that. He had a servant that was so great that he was not concerned about anything else in his entire household. Nothing else. And he was an officer, so you've got to understand. This man had multiple servants. He had multiple mouths to feed. He had a big home to manage. He had a lot of stuff. It would have been like him having his own company in his home. home. 
He didn't have to worry about anything. Imagine being the CEO of a company, but having someone so good that you don't have to worry about anything besides just showing up to regularly manage the company because he does everything. It's like a load off of your shoulders. Joseph did that for Potiphar, where Potiphar didn't even have to worry about managing anything in his own home because Joseph did it. Then you see the same thing with the prison. He was, a con- I mean, basically a convicted rapist at that point. That's a pretty heavy charge. You can't get that off your record. It's like, well, in America, he had that same kind of charge. And being from another nation, that's very dangerous. But again, he rose to the top even in that prison cell. Where he was at, he became the best to where the guards entrusted him with the other prisoners. Get that. Imagine being a, a convicted rapist in a prison, but because you were so diligent and so smart, you become the best in the prison. It would be like you becoming a prisoner on accident. You did something wrong, but you were convicted for something very bad. Being put in prison, and despite all odds, you becoming the best in the prison when they're now actually coming to you to ask questions about other inmates. They're coming to you to figure out things. That's never happened before in our society ever. I can't think of one time. But then you got to look at, even after that, he was taken before Pharaoh and showed great diligence. He interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, but immediately after that, he came up with a plan and he made the plan work. And you saw that Egypt became the richest nation in the world at that time. The only person greater than Joseph was Pharaoh. And it says only by name. So he's basically saying, just because my name is Pharaoh, I am greater than you. But I know you have God on your side. I know without you, my country would be destroyed. And Pharaoh gave that him that kind of acknowledgement. You got to understand, with the diligence and God on your side, you can be anything you want to be in life. You can be anything you want to be in this world. Diligence will take you as far as you're willing to go. Just like how Joseph moved up three different times from being at rock bottom to the very top, wherever he was at, you can do the same thing. Coming out of this COVID-19 thing, a lot of people went out jobless. You can start from the bottom of COVID-19 and rise and be the best in your new element of what you want to do. Yeah. You can be that. You can do that. You can see that in your own life. Whereas you don't have to say, okay, I'm going to go back and work for my old company and hope I can get a job in the next three to five months. Do your own thing. You can be the best in whatever you do and rise to the top. Yeah. And be diligent. But even with Joseph, nobody told him to, yeah. oh, go, go interpret the dream, do this, go do that. He was in jail. He was sold into slavery he could have just whined and just complained of the situation he was in but he used what he knew to do to create opportunities for himself to bring him to the top and he did it just like the scripture said and we're just going to focus on proverbs Proverb 6 today but just like it says that and and has no root command commander overseer or ruler just like joseph he had no one over mm-hmm. him he was the ruler himself he was the person who lit a fire on his butt and said okay i have to do this to see myself come out of what i'm in the my situation that Mm -hmm. i'm in i am the only person that will get me out by making opportunities opening opportunities by the things i can do Mm -hmm. by being diligent by not um by working hard and yeah, yeah i think that's i think with every with every great person you will have you have to have hard work and diligence behind it 
and you have to know how to um, manage your own self. Yeah. Because if not, then you'll always be working for someone. You'll always be living someone else's and working for someone else's dream. You're exactly right. Even looking back at Joseph, he had so many reasons and why his life didn't have to work out. Mm-hmm. Talk about he had like all the excuses. Oh my lands! He had he had a ton of excuses. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about privilege this and privilege that. Joseph was probably the most underprivileged. Bottom of the earth, I, I could even think of, compared to anyone in America. If you were born in America, you have no reason to complain, no matter the situation. And, and that's how I, I see it. And, and I'm not going to back down from that stance. But you have someone who is underprivileged. Imagine, you, you never would have thought. it would. This Get this picture in your mind. You have a convicted rapist in prison run for president of the United States and wins. Wouldn't that be a crazy day? Wouldn't that? That's what Joseph was, though. And no one thinks of it like that. Joseph would, Joseph could have said, okay, my life is done now. I'm, I've got this charge on me. My life is over. I can't even get a regular job. No, Even if he got out of prison, think about this. No other person will ever own me. No other person will ever allow me to come into their home because they're afraid for their kids. They're afraid for their wife because of this reputation I've got. He had so many reasons to come up with an excuse about how bad his life could have been from that point on. But instead, he turned it around. He became the best in the prison, which allowed him to open the door to meet the baker and the, and the wine bearer. He wouldn't have done that if he was just sitting in his cell. He wouldn't have done that if he just complained in his cell. But then mm-hmm. when he saw the wine bearer and the, and, and the um, bread maker, he asked them, Oh, where are you guys from? I, I'm, I'm just imagining and pra- paraphrasing how this would go. Where are you guys from? Oh, we are. I'm the cup bearer for Pharaoh. I take the cup to Pharaoh every day. And I'm Pharaoh's baker. I, I make Pharaoh's food. So imagine he's with people that were around the king. And instead of saying, wow, that must have been really cool having that in your life. I never got to have that. My brother sold me into slavery when I was 15. And then I worked for a man and his wife convicted me of of raping her. And now I'm here. He never did that. That's a lot. I mean, think about it. If we're looking at like regular – what up, Vanessa? If we're looking at American standards – of what any American would have done. This is what it would have sounded like. Well, if you really want to know. It's like, how are you doing today, sir? Well, this is what's going on in my life today. My brother sold me 15 years ago into slavery. And then I was here and I was convicted for for raping uh, my old boss's wife. And, and now I'm in prison. This is what the American version of Joseph would have sounded like. But instead, he didn't complain. He realized, okay, I had a gift to interpret dreams. Way back when I was a kid, he said they woke up in a nightmare. Both the baker and the and the cupbearer woke up and both having nightmares. And then he didn't say, well, we're all in this together. He said, no, let me interpret your dreams. Tell me them. I'll interpret them for you. And he, he look, he's got an in. He didn't do this for every other prisoner. He realized people that were close with Pharaoh that would get him to the top and he and prophesied over them. He didn't hang around the people that were, weren't going to get him anywhere. He found the people that were in prison that would get him to where Pharaoh was. Understand that. No other person No other buddy in that prison beside the cupbearer for Pharaoh would have ever got him to Pharaoh. He ministered to the guy that was close with the Pharaoh. 
He didn't minister to anyone else in the, in the prison. He didn't interpret everyone's dreams. He, in, he went to the person that he knew that could help him. He went to people that would help him grow out of that position. So he interpreted both of their dreams. And when he prophe- he told them both of their dreams, you could call it prophecy. It was dream interpretation. He told what happened to the baker. He said, you're going to die. And he told the cupbearer, you're going to get restored back in three days. And this is what he told the cupbearer. Please don't forget about what I've done here and bring my appeal before Pharaoh himself. And the cupbearer said, yeah, but he forgot. Until a year or so later. So you see, he found people that would help him get out of that position and said, don't forget about me. Don't forget what I've done for you. So Joseph was already making a plan to get out of prison. You have to be that kind of person that's going to say, I'm going to get up off of my butt and whatever position I'm in, I'm going to be the best in my position. And that's why you see Joseph rise to the top. He didn't wait for doors to open. He didn't wait for things to happen to him. He went and he took a hold of the situation and became the best in everything he did. You didn't see him waiting. When Pharaoh said, when Pharaoh, he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, God gave him the dreams. But get this, Joseph had a plan after the dreams. He didn't wait around. And this is what I like. When he interpreted the dreams, he said, now this is what you're going to do, Pharaoh. He didn't say, well, now you know, I guess we're just in a rut. Pharaoh, Egypt is going to be destroyed. He didn't wait for that to happen. He said, no, okay, now this is the plan I have. We're going to take 20% of everyone's stuff and we're going to sell it. And that'll be Egypt's um, storage for the next seven years. And it worked and Egypt became the great, greatest country in the world. He came up with a plan and became the best at everything he was doing. You have to do that in your own life. Be diligent in your own life no matter what hand you were handed in life. No matter what you were given in the beginning of your life, I'm telling you, that doesn't have to be your finishing story. That doesn't have to be what defines you. No matter who your parents were, no matter how you were raised, no matter what your life looked like, I could sit here and complain for the way things didn't go exactly I wanted. Well, my parents never did this for me like those parents do. Anyone can make excuses, but it takes a special kind of person to get up off their butt and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to see my life look better than everyone else around me. It takes a special kind of person. And I believe anyone who watches this, you're that kind of person. You're the kind of person that wants to have the best in their life, who wants to have the good things of God in their life. And it takes diligence. It takes focus, and it, and it takes, honestly, hard work. And you have to be willing to push for that. you have anything? No. No. All right. Well, maybe you're sitting here today, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you've never confessed Him to be your Lord. I want to pray with you today. I want to be able to give you a chance to receive Jesus Christ into your heart. Because... Aside from anything you do in life, that'll be the most important decision you have to make. No matter what, you don't want to cross over to eternity and have to look God in the face and say, I'm sorry, I, I had the chance, but I never took it. I never made you my Lord and Savior. I was too busy. I was too this. You never want to go to heaven. You never want to pass on and that be your story. You, I want you to be able to stand before God and say, I confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and my Savior on June 13th of 2020. It is the 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, you want that. Because that will be the best decision you ever made. Yeah. 
You want to be able to receive Jesus Christ and look God in the eye and say, no, I remember making you my Lord and Savior. I remember confessing Jesus Christ. And I want that to be your story, where you choose Jesus. You turn away from sin. You turn away from the things of the world and the cards you were handed, maybe the beginning of your life. You're turning away from that and making God your heavenly Father and your supplier. Your life completely changes. You don't have to look at the world for your source. You don't have to look at your problems. You don't have to look at the things that were handed to you. Your life is now completely shaped and what God told you and what you want it to be. And you can do that just by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you want to do that, and if you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your heart, say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And that you're coming back again for me. Jesus, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Now say this as a declaration from your mouth. Say this, I'm saved. I'm born again. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. And that's it. Amen. Amen. And now you're saved. Your life can be completely different. Mm -hmm. Your story is different. And everything that was old is washed away. And you have a brand new, fresh start. And we love you. And, I mean, do you have anything else before we close out? Mm-mm. No? All right. We love you. We thank you guys for joining us. And um, if you said that prayer, we would love for you to contact us. We would love to get to know you. Get um, We'd love to connect with you. And, and we'd love to um, chit-chat. Love to send you a gift and, you know, let us know if you guys need anything. We thank you for your time. We thank you for being on and everyone have a great night. We love you. Bye. Bye.